I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast platforms. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Joining me today, Mac Cunningham, at man, they call Mac on Twitter. Running off the screen podcast, running through the thick with my post. That's what I'm running me of. Uh, how are you doing, man? How are things? <laughs> I'm good. How are you doing, man? Doing well, doing well. You have uh, I love that your podcast. It's got a it's got a vibe to it. It's got a little bit of a late night with Mac kind of feeling to it. <laughs> um, I met you in in summer league uh, along with some of the other Raptor Republic guys, and um. You told me about your pod, and I was like, "Man, this is this, this is a nice little vibe here." And then you did some some stuff on Gary Trent Jr., and he was next up on the list for me of players to talk about. So I'm happy that you could join me. This is a it's a fun chat about a player that had a bit of a down year last year, along with a few other Raptors, but um, he decided to opt in, right? Which was a bit of a surprise, maybe um, initially, but then when you think about it in a bigger picture, you're like, okay, he's coming off a down year. The money is going to be going up, up, up and away in the NBA. And he could probably benefit from betting on himself a little bit and seeing if he can have a better year because it wasn't a great reflection of his skill set, along with a few other Raptors, because last year was a disgrace. Yeah. So that's how she goes. So, but there was some growth from him last season. Um, It wasn't all bad. So where did you see growth from, from Gary uh, this past season? Well, uh, to me, he, he had a similar impact on the court than he did the year prior, if we're comparing. Although mm-hmm. he he was almost as productive uh, when we look at the stats, but he played lesser minutes in a lesser defined role. Now, I'm not sure if this falls under growth because it seems like he's always coming with a professional approach towards the team. But yeah. I commend him for staying professional throughout the uh, struggles and trade clouds hovering over the, the roster all season. Uh, and when you look at the players, uh, what they dealt with, he was dealt one of the tougher hands out of the bunch. You know, starting one one night, playing 35 minutes a game. Two nights later, he's coming off the bench playing 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, where it was clear as day that he was the – he he, he had a, a trait that we really needed, the shooting ability. Mm-hmm. Now, there's there's a bunch of reasons why. Nick Nurse may have limited it. It, it could have been uh, defensive matchups. Uh, maybe he wanted more playmakers and whatnot. But more six it, nine it, guys on the court. I need more six nine. <laughs> more. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's it, it seems like minute distribution. It was the thing. It's not even about him starting. It's more so staggering the lineups a little bit more. Uh, yeah. And I think that would have given him a better path to grow as a player. Yeah. And I made the joke about Nick Nurse, but I think, I mean, also Nick at later on the season, he had mentioned that Gary was being as professional as he possibly could be throughout the season. Now, granted, at the end of the season, during his end of season presser, um, someone had mentioned, a reporter had mentioned, like, you know, Nick had called you out uh, once and he's like, yeah, called me out a few times, actually. Um, And I don't know where those two are right now, but obviously, uh, Gary 
His role was up and down. Um, he was coming off the bench. He was starting. Then once Yak came in the door, he was going to start, of course. And that just put him definitely on the bench. And also, I mean, it just took his role really away. And, you know, you look at the minutes distribution, you know, during like that latter part of the season, and it was just going sometimes it was 20, sometimes it was 21, other times it was 25. And it was pretty much based off if he came in and made shots, he got minutes. And if he didn't, then he was in that kind of category of rotation players or bench players that if you perform, you get minutes. But before it wasn't like that for him, even when he was coming off the bench, there was still like a, a baseline of 25, 26. And I'm sure that was tough for him. And that last uh, game of the season, the plan game, I mean, that was probably one of the worst games we've seen from him. And I, I was watching him really closely throughout that game because he was missing shots that he typically makes and his body language wasn't terrific. And it just seemed like it was kind of all kind of coming down on him to a degree. Um, but as I said, I mean, there was areas where he did grow a little bit. So uh, compared to the previous season, he was 9% better in the restricted area, 7% better in the non-restricted area paint, 3% uh, better on his pull-up jumpers. His floaters got a little bit better. His long mid-range twos uh, went down. His corner threes, actually, it's interesting that you know, he didn't take, he doesn't take a lot of corner threes. Most of his shots, although he is a stationary spot up shooter for a kickout pass from like a Pascal Siakam, most of them are above the break. And he still shot pretty well from, from there. It was pretty comparable to the previous season, but his pull up three point shot did go down about 5%. And, uh, you know, that was one of the, the cool things about his jump shooting the previous season is that he was able to hit some of those pull up, pull up threes, especially when the Raptors were, you know, going through injuries and he just kept them afloat at times. And I was doing content around like the hot streak that Gary Trent Jr. was on. But, you know, last season, it just wasn't like that. And he had December, January, he shot 46 percent, 39 percent from three. But then post all star, he averaged 27 minutes. 40% field goal percentage and 37% from three. So it was a bit up and down for him, but I think going into this upcoming season, you know, a different vision, a different coach, he's probably going to benefit from that alone. And uh, we'll have to see where things go with Pascal Siakam and also just with the roster overall, but you could definitely say that he's going to be in that top six. And from there, I mean, he's going to be in a better spot along with, you know, other players to get a higher usage, but one of his areas where he's still trying to learn, and I did mention that he got better around the restricted area, but his driving and his rim finishing, where is he at with that right now? And are there ways that he can get more cerebral as a downhill threat, in your opinion? Yeah, I, I'll start I'll start by saying uh, we know how Gary plays. He likes to get the ball uh, with minimal amount of dribbles and get a, into a jump shot. Um you know, yeah. if it's off the catch, he'll do a jab, cross step, one, two dribble, pull up off a step back or a side step. Um, but when doing that with the roster we had, there's not much flow, uh, spacing movement around him to create yeah. the lanes to drive effectively, given his skill set. He's not Kyrie Irving out there dribbling the ball, right? So when mm -hmm. we look at the last last season, per 75 possessions, Gary shot the ball at the rim 2.3 times, you know, and which put him in the 24th percentile. And he, he wasn't great at passing or creating for others when driving the ball as well. But to his credit, he shot, I think it was 64% at the rim on drives. And he had quality looks when he when he did shoot at the rim. Now, yeah. the, office ne the offense needed way more movement uh, and spacing again. Uh, I think the, the word of the day is movement <laughs> when we look at how this offense is going to work. But yeah. Um, yeah, it just needed more movement to keep things off balance for defenses and generate more of those lanes. So obviously, aside from better schemes, um, continuing to improve on his conditioning, 
to maintain that movement we're talking about, to clear space, um, even for his shooting as well. Uh, it's something that he could build on. He could also build on his physical strength uh, to help him burst into drives and play through contact a bit more. Uh, developing a tighter handle will definitely play his part. Uh, but I feel like there's enough there in his hand, handle that if he's a bit more decisive and locked in on the mm -hmm. overall matchups in front of him on the court, uh, he'll be able to get more of those shots at the rim. And there was a quote uh, from uh, Coach John Wooden. He's like a UCLA, one of the greatest coaches ever. He said, uh, be quick, but don't hurry. And I think mm -hmm. that's a great that's a great way to look at making decisive and sharp decisions on the court for Gary to work off. I like that. I mean, with him, the talent is definitely there, but it's about, to your point, it's like learning how to utilize screens and, and creating that contact and then uh, understanding what space is around you and knowing how to use the edges that you have. It may not be a huge edge, but it's not always going to be. For a lot of players, it's not a huge edge, but they're able to burst through, like you said, in isolation. Um, he was in the 22nd percentile for his position. So isolation isn't his strong suit. Um, and I believe there's there's better pull-up shooting with him um, next season coming forward. But uh, still, the, the the ball handling has to get a little bit tighter, a little bit stronger, a little bit more confident. And certainly, I mean, just being able to uh, be strong down in the paint. Like, he's 6'5", but he doesn't really feel like it all the time, you know? It feels yeah, like he's like 6'3", or something like that. And if yeah. he's able to, you know, understand his size and being able to do that, it's probably more of a strength thing, right? Um, more than anything, like the, the burst may not always be there for every single player and that's okay. Not every single player has that kind of speed, but being strong with the ball is in the control of each player. And, uh, you know, Mark Jones, he had mentioned, you know, during summer league that Gary has been doing two a days for a long time. Now you mentioned it on your podcast too. He's been, uh, he's been working very hard. This is a huge year for him. This is like kind of a career-defining year for, for Gary Trent Jr., and uh, I'm sure he understands the expectations that are going to be put on him to you know get that big payday. A, a person that you compared him to, in terms of uh, trajectory and also process and concerning the new head coach is Desmond Bain. I want to get more detail on what you uh, what you saw from that connection. Uh, well, I tried to tie it into the fact that Darko was coming over. He came from Memphis. Uh, Desmond Bain was compared to Gary Trent a lot during his draft process as somebody who couldn't uh, shoot the ball off the catch and just be a, a good sniper for your team, uh, stationary shooters and whatnot. And yeah. seeing his development and then Gary come and then Darko coming over to Gary now, um, it seems like it's a it's a good transition for him to to uh, develop his game. Now we know Gary is a tough shot taker, tough shot maker, and the Raptors didn't have many of those last season, so Nurse kind of used that as a way to stick him in the corner and like you mentioned and, and and put him on the perimeter to create more space for Fred and Pascal to go to work. Uh, but I think to help his development to, to kind of get that trajectory that um, Bain has, I would think it's more beneficial again to use movement <laughs> to swing the ball more um, and, and, and just touch the ball. Even if it's not in a, a situation where he has to score, you know, maybe those hockey mm. assists, those, those, those quick handoffs, um, you know, just to keep them connected and, and what's going on on the floor in a similar way. Grizzlies did that to Desmond Bain, where he went from 2.7 assists a game to 4.4 assists. And it, it doesn't it doesn't seem like a lot, like just the extra couple of assists. But that those things add juice to your offense. It provides more confidence and, and more connection between the coach and the players, uh, building a better relationship to your young players to to 
find themselves, and especially in a season where our guard depth and playmaking from from that spot was questionable. Mm-hmm. Empowering empowering a guy like Gary that's proven himself to be a rotational piece, like we said, he's like a top six guy on our team. By yeah. by by getting him to find guys like Fred OG on drawn up catch and shoot attempts on a higher volume seemed like uh, it was worth an honest try. You know, so if we can get Gary, because I think throughout his career he hasn't he hasn't uh, averaged more than two assists a game. You know, and that's that's rough for a guard, right? And sure. If we can get him, if we can get him to three. 3.5 or four assists a game if we're being greedy. Uh, to me, that would mean that the offense is hum- humming because he's not your first option. He's not your second mm-hmm. option as a playmaker. So those three, four assists a game for your projected fourth option would be great. So that's what I see coming from it. And again, without without Fred being there, uh, the ball handling responsibilities will be distributed. And I think that's where, again, Bain benefited from Morant not being there all the time. He had to kind of get um, jolted into that position to be more of a playmaker. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And uh, the playmaking of Gary, I mean, I think most would look at him as a person who's more of a, a shoot first kind of mentality. But I challenge it to the extent that I think his job with the Raptors has been to put the ball in the hoop. A lot, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. that's what he was asked to do. That's why he's, you know, planted in certain spots on the court because they say most of the shot clock is going to be used with these other guys to create the opportunities. And then we need you, you know, I I was trying to look it up while we were talking because it just occurred to me to look at how many shots he was taking in the late shot clock situations, but it's not really working. Damn you, NBA.com. However, however, I would bet that there are a lot of them are in those situations where he's being asked to you got to make something happen. And he is a tough shot maker. Pascal Siakam has talked about it. Kyle Lowry mentioned it when he was with the Raptors, that this guy just makes tough shots. You have that ability already. So also I would think for, for Gary's like psyche, he can get his pull-up jumper off against anyone. We saw him hit a pull-up game-tying shot over Brooke Lopez. Brooke mm-hmm. freaking Lopez, all right? Yeah. So he can get that shot off. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM against anybody and that's got to be a tough one for a player to kind of you know mentally you know tune themselves that okay so this is a situation where i don't take this pull-up shot but this is a situation where i do it so that's something that he has to wrestle with too but i did look at the footage over the past few days and i did see him making like you know some pretty decent reads and if he is a higher usage player uh, higher usage playmaker with the toronto raptors i think he'll get to that point and uh also you know getting downhill getting to the free throw line more. There was stretches of the season where he was doing that, but then he became the spot-up guy. Free throws went away. The assists went away. 
But uh, I think there's been plenty of situations where he's shown us that he's willing to pass the ball. It's just there has to be an offense that allows that to happen. And I think, you know, Darko, we can get into it now, but how do we want to see Gary use this upcoming season? What are ways that we can get a better version of, of Gary Trent Jr.? And any team that wants to get shooters open should watch a ton of film of how, let's say, Golden State utilizes Clay and Steph. Now, he's not Clay or Steph, but if you want to get an open looks, they use things like staggered screens. Um, yep. Also, one of my favorite plays that I love to watch are elevator screens, you know, uh, the ones that Mark mm. Jackson used a lot with them uh, with his time with the Warriors, and a lot of college teams use that. Uh, and and I, I just want to see him run stuff where he's going downhill, you know, maybe off dribble handoffs again. And and since the scouting report has him, like you, like we mentioned, he's a scorer. He's going to score. We have him spotted up in the in the area. He's going to shoot at will. You can throw off the defense a little bit more by throwing those things into the mix and make things a little less predictable uh, for him. And, and again, it's about keeping him engaged. If you just park him in a corner and, and say, okay, just wait till the ball gets to you, it's not really a, a fun style of basketball to play. And... I know it's it's like okay you're you're a millionaire just just do your job but at the end, yeah. end of the day the offense wasn't working that way anyway so might as well add again the key word of the day movement <laughs> to unlock, to unlock yeah. another yeah. level uh, of his potential and and the Raptors offense as a whole yeah he was one point two two points per possession on handoffs and zero point eight six point per, per possession as a ball handle and pick and rolls now I don't think the Raptors are going to use too much pick and roll this upcoming season but if you were going to Gary Trent Jr. has a skill set to use pick and rolls if that pull-up mm-hmm. three does turn around the corner. Like, you mean, Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes can only have the pull-up shot. And I think it's important for any person who is a ball handler in pick and roll situations, you got to have that pull-up three. Like, that's just like a must, but he's shown that he can have that. So if they are able to tap into that more, and also, like, you mentioned elevator screens, like exit screens, Chicago actions, like, it's the dribble handoff stuff with a Yaka Proto with a Scotty Barnes. That's how you get the best out of Gary Trent Jr. Because now he's moving into the ball. He's heading to the, the center of the floor. And now that his mid-range shot does pop off a little bit more. And uh, the other stuff where he is going to be the spot-up guy, like, his chemistry with Pascal Siakam is already there. Assuming Pascal is, in fact, there. But they're going to find each other. Along with Scotty Barnes, he's going to find Gary Trent Jr. And also, Scotty can do DHOs with with yeah, uh, with yeah. Gary as well. Like, those, like, that kind of pairing is important. But also, on Gary's end... Now you have to know how to use Yaka Pearl and Scotty Barnes. And that is the timing of the, the screens. That's uh, the spacing and in, in which you're incorporating your body into those small windows. And also, are you able to find those guys rolling to the basket? Like those kinds of things are really important for him. And also, I think it would benefit Gary if he became a, a better screener, a mm-hmm. better screener and knowing how to use screens to get your own shot. Fred got like really Fred, good Fred. at it. Yeah, Fred yeah, got yeah. really good at it, right? Steph Curry and, and Fred learned from Steph Curry. Not saying he's going to be Steph Curry, but that is a great way, right, to open yourself up and to get your your shot off. Um, yeah, and I'm that, sure Darko is thinking about that too. Go ahead. That, that's a good point. And I, this is the thing about this team. I use this term a lot: connector pieces. And mm. we have a bunch of those. And with those connector pieces, you need finishers. And Gary was tasked to be those fin- that finisher that we yep. need to to get the connective pass, the end of the pass. Um, he needs to learn to become a connector, like you're mentioning. He needs to be in the middle of a play, not the end of a play or the beginning of a play. And I, I think it's there. I think it's there. Like you meant, it's yeah. it, it, the, the stats follow the, yeah. the path of him doing that. It's not rocket science. Just move the ball. Yep. And also, I mean, um, 
contract years do typically bring the best years. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pro- and then he, year. and, you know, and he, he knows too, like if he wants to get that big max or not max, but big mega payday for him, he's got to be a, a playmaker. He's got to mm-hmm. show that he's more than what he's shown us over the past few seasons. And that's still a very good player. Don't get me wrong. Right. But if you mm-hmm. want that big money, the yeah. big money, right? This is the next step. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Quick question. Do you think, yeah, do you think our, I always say this. I think if we had a three point shooting big, someone who could space the floor for him, it would go, it would light this team up. Anybody on this team, even Pascal, Scotty, if we had a three point shooting big. If you, if there's Miles Turner here, like we're not like the Raptors are ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, yeah. that's that's a matter of fact because now they're spacing for Pascal and for Scotty Barnes. I'm tired, tired <laughs> of watching Pascal Siakam stick candle in a phone booth. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like he is a 27 point per game player. His talent suggests that. His work ethic suggests that. His three point shot has to get better because if mm-hmm. that was better, then he would already be there. But his mm-hmm. talent to me is that he is all NBA. He is 27 points per game. Now that's like that's like a certain kind of player that can do that game in game out right he should be 27 points and we just know that that's how it is but he can't do that because the spacing on the raptors has been s-h-i-t for so many years and i mean like we're we're hoping for movement and stuff like that i understand why nick nurse approached last season the way he did i kind of get it um because i think Defensively, I think it was a little bit odd that, that he decided to be so hyper-aggressive with the, the defense, but I can, I can understand the logic with everything that was done last season. It didn't work, all right? Mm-hmm. But now Darko is tasked with doing something that Nick Nurse couldn't, and that is how do you make movement happen? How do you optimize spacing on a team that doesn't have shooting? Mm-hmm. And what Nick did is like he's like, we're going to put corner, we're gonna put shooters in the corners. You're going to have Gary here. You're going to have Fred here. You're going to have uh, OG in the other corner. And then you have Pascal and Scotty. That's what kind of the logic was. It doesn't sound that bad in theory, but obviously, you know, block and elbow defense, right? And that's you, it. <laughs> it could, it kind of though. Like, I mean, teams make adjustments, and uh, that's just kind of how how it went. But it be what it be. Darko's yeah. here, and this is your task now, bro. This is your task. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Uh, but they do have Auto Porter now. They do have. Hopefully, um, they have Auto. Yes. Yeah, for the five games. Um, and then no, I'm joking. <laughs> but uh, and then you have Grady mm-hmm. as well. Um, so I mean, I'm not gonna stay here and like you know be all over for signing Yak. Yak's great. Um, yeah. It's just then you have to have different pieces around Yak, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. It can't you can't just like this isn't like the you know mid two thousands New York Knicks right? You can't just put a whole bunch of good players on the court and like all right, figure it out. We're good now. Like it's yeah. not it's not like that. Um, um, but yeah, I mean for Gary, I. He's trying to develop a lot of different aspects, and I'm actually I'd be loved. I'd love to ask him like what he, what he wants his final his best version of himself to be. Is it more like mm. a Clay Thompson? Is it more like a Rip Hamilton? Like what what kind of version is he is he approaching? And you might just say, "Yeah, hey, I want to be Gary Trent Jr." I'm like, okay, well, I guess that question flopped. But <laughs> you get what I'm saying, though. It's like, what are you yeah. trying? What what is your what are you trying to pursue as your, the final version of yourself? Because um, I mean, both kind of versions are great like pete clay thompson was ridiculous right um and he may not ever ever get to like that that kind of gravity as a shooter but uh i mean clay didn't have like a huge game off the bounce but because of his shooting gravity he was able to get downhill and he's able to finish and rip hamilton his cardio was ridiculous like he just went he was running around everywhere so like are which one are you trying to kind of be 
Uh, I'm not saying it's only those two versions. There's other players out there, but uh, I think Darko is going to have a lot of fun with with getting with helping Gary uh, develop, similar to a Desmond Bain, right? And uh, you know, some of the research I had done on Darko leading into him being announced as a head coach was he wants like pretty much every player on the court to be able to you know be a DHO hub, be a, in the work in the pick and roll, and just uh, that way you have constant movement between the players. Some guys can spot up. You also have very good cutting, which is another area where Gary could probably develop a lot more, right? Um, in DHO situations, you're doing a handoff. Oh, wait, and I'm going to go back door. Now you got to lay up. It's like little things exactly. like that, right? That uh, Gary could definitely um, could utilize more and uh, help him get some easy buckets. Uh, defensively, though, this might be a short conversation is, is, is he just better off being like this really aggressive defender because the lateral quickness isn't necessarily there to do anything else? Um, I mean, that that's the luxury of being on a team like this. You know, you have so many great defenders around you, you yeah. know, and, and you can kind of pick and choose the style you want to play because you have OG, Pascal, Precious, all all defensive upside uh, mm-hmm. with OG, OG already getting the recognition. Then you have Pirtle, a great defensive hub. Then you have Coloco, a great Rim protector. Yeah. You can go eight, nine deep on this roster of picking up good quality defenders at the position. So if we're focusing back on Gary, I believe he's best suited as just being a composed perimeter defender. Just just stay down, do a, do the best you can to keep the to keep your uh keep your offensive player in front of you. Yeah. Now if he does if he does get beat off the dribble, there's ways to send help because there's always a few layers to a team's defensive scheme. You mm-hmm. know, and, and I don't know, like. I don't know if he can be a quality like lockdown defender, but because it's gonna be it's gonna be tough because there's a lot of athleticism at that backcourt and quickness yeah. in, in today's NBA. But I wouldn't want to gamble on being aggressive, you know, or the chaos style of defense. Because mm. I don't know, it, it just to me, I don't know. Maybe maybe you can uh, add to this, but it, it just seems like defense like that means like you're kind of like saying that you have no chance. So let's get scrappy and hope for the best. I don't know. Like, how do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, Chris Boucher and hustle play had mentioned a few times that when our defense is clicking, like it looks awesome, but when it's not, it looks really, really bad. And that's what we saw a lot last season. Um, and uh, what's best. I mean, there's also other people who have said that, you know, Nick nurse, not Nick nurse specifically, but Steve Clifford had mentioned um, at some point, he's like, you know, there's so much talent in the NBA. Now you almost feel like you have to be extremely aggressive just because, that way you're just you're taking it to them as opposed to just taking what the the offense is 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 thrown at you. So mm-hmm. there are other coaches who actually agree with how Nick was doing it, but it also would be helpful to have like a legit center, you know, and the defense was much better once Yak got there. So I think for Gary, um, as Darko has mentioned, you know, in previous previous times, not so much with the Raptors, but like his his defensive philosophy is all right, so keep guys out of the paint and limit corner threes. Right. Um, the Raptors were able to do that pretty well once Yakupertle got there. So, mm-hmm. but at the same time, probably, you know, a, comp- a more composed defense. Um, you know, Gary was typically he was guarding the secondary ball handlers or like the spot up guys and not so much the primary ball handlers. But if he's in the starting lineup, and I don't know if that's a given necessarily. I mean, it could be, it would make sense, but I think Dennis Schroeder also would have something to say about that as well. But oh, um Usually he's going to probably be like the, the point of attack defender, right? Considering what the Raptors and their ethos and everything like that. But I mean, also then you think about, you know, Jalen McDaniels, I think he's going to be a great defender too. So maybe you want him as a point of attack defender because he's that kind of versatile. So different options, but I mean, for Gary, it's just probably, you know, it probably goes to more of the, uh, the fitness thing. The cardio thing is, you know, being 
at, as athletic as he needs to be to have that lateral quickness to keep up with, you know, some of the Devin Bookers and other shooting guards that are pretty damn good and they're pretty shifty and he's got to be able to shift with them. Shift back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, excellent. Yeah, anything else on on Gary or um this was a fun chat. Thank you for joining yeah, me. Yeah, it was fun. Um not much more. I know he has an important year. A lot of a lot of rappers have an important year this year. That's the thing. So it's going to be interesting uh, to see how everything falls into place. Because like you said, contract year is when you usually get the best out of players. But you don't want that to become a selfish thing. We mm. got to make sure we're on the right same page, um, all developing on things that help the team, not just your individual uh, bank account. Because that stuff will come. If you win, you're going to get paid too. So Yeah. Right on. All right, man. So it is running off the screen podcast. You can find them on Twitter at man. They call Mac, Mac Cunningham. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Great chat. Talk soon. Y'all. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.